Hey friends, you're listening to Go Home Bob or You're Drunk, an irreverent media podcast. First Corinthians warned you about the women with a loud mouth, and this podcast is just that. Here at the Speaking in Church podcast, we talk all about the regular people and the things that regularly happen to them in the evangelical church. It's a podcast about change, it's a podcast about seeking moral high ground, and it's a podcast for people who are just trying to deconstruct on the safe side. You can listen wherever you get your podcast, and if you want to be a guest, yes, you, regular person, you can be a guest on the Speaking in Church podcast. If you want to come on, just let us know. Hey everybody, welcome to Go Home Bible You're Drunk, the podcast where we look at Christian culture and look at the Bible and we drink about it because sometimes it drives us to drink. Think about how much time we spent doing this. My name is Justin. I'm a former minister, former evangelical, former white Christian nationalist, and now not those things, uh, proudly so. And trying to make amends in what ways I can, and also to reminisce about that lovely experience I had being a fundamentalist. So I'm joined also with a former fundamentalist across the coast. Indeed. Yeah, I'm Tori, and I I am a former fundamentalist. That's a fun thing to think about and say, and also is very sensitive because therapy is not like a super quick fix. No. <laughs> Yeah. So whatever. I feel like since I have to, since I have to like be in therapy, I also get to like make fun of the reason that I am in therapy. (laughs) That seems like a fair trade. That feels very therapeutic to me. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, totally. Maybe you don't know this, but our our therapists separately assigned us the homework of making a podcast (laughs) about our our trauma. Yeah. No, that didn't happen. Um, no. but oh god, that would be wild. That'd be so fucking weird. You know, my therapist actually doesn't know about my, my therapist knows I have a podcast, but mm. my therapist doesn't know. You have a couple. Yeah, I do. That's the thing. Uh, there was someone else on Twitter that was thinking about starting another podcast, and I was like, it's, it's like a, it's like a bug. You you start one, and then you're like, oh. Oh, that's amazing. I can start another one. I can start another one. For oh, sure. Easy. I easy. have so much free time. So much free so time. So much disposable income. Yeah. I can just, <laughs> just, just, throw, just throw these out there. So, But I am a white man in my basement, so therefore I must have a podcast. You have to have a mic in front of you and I people do. need to listen to yeah. what you have to say. Yeah. So... So thank you, listeners, for doing so. This week, we're going to maybe a little bit different. Maybe it may be a shorter episode. It, every time we say that, it's that's not the case. That's not the case. <laughs> we were going to talk a little bit about the idea about community, because community gets thrown around a lot. Maybe some of you even were like, Ugh, don't like that word. Like you just uh-huh. like cringed a little bit when I even said community. Uh, doing life together. That show is legitimately cringe, though. Oh, community? Yeah. Oh, I love there's there's some cute stuff in it but like there's some like oh, i don't know most i'm just realizing like most television 
does not age well. <laughs> I will, yeah, probably I would say that. It's, maybe it's not specific to community at all. Yeah, I I have not seen. I've I've noticed that like shows that I remember from 10, 15 years ago. That I'm like, oh, I love that show. That was great. And then I go back and rewatch it. I was like, oh, that's racist. What the fuck is this? <laughs> oh, I tried to watch Mean Girls the other day, and like, I don't know. Eight minutes in, someone gets called the R word, and I was like, I don't actually need this in my life. I have all the fun quotes in my head, and so if I ever need to yell at somebody. I have something to yell at them. I have memes to post. I don't really actually need to like watch this, you know? So a lot of nineties comedies have not aged well, but you know, uh, as just the idea of that community, I think it's been, I think on Tori's mind a lot and we've kind of texted back and forth about it. I think with Twitter kind of, I don't know, dissolving, whatever, who is Who knows what's going to happen? Let's, let's, not, let's not say this. There's there's still I, I feel like there might be some like some life rafts available. I don't think that I don't think Elon's going to. Well, I maybe he is just going to like bankrupt the whole thing and make everybody in New York City pay for Twitter. And then he just keeps to keep doing his own shit. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess it's more, I think, people feeling uncertain and wanting to leave, but also like we've built a yeah. community here. Like, how do we, you know, where do we what go? What does this look like? Yeah. I, you know, what is building a new community look like? Are we all going to like mm-hmm. dust off Facebook and try to do something there? I don't know. No, no, sir. <laughs> I tried Mastodon and I, sorry, like I'm an old, like, I just can't, can't do that shit. But also, like, how do we do community together as people? Like, mm-hmm. and because because we because we did it so poorly as evangelicals, and I think like what we were trained to believe was like this is great humans interacting together. Like, wow, like look at this. Like, we're we're a good tribe of people together. I use I that... used that word tribe intentionally in the worst right. way possible. Yes, absolutely, absolutely, we did. Yeah, tr- a lot of tribe. You know, we we never did clan, thankfully, but you know, a lot of a lot of a weird appropriative language, and also like yeah. the idea that if you believe differently, you're exiled or you're out or you're made a pariah. Like that also tends to make you not good at being around other humans, and and it makes me not good at being around other humans. I think I think I was a Republican for so long because it's like kick all the humans not like you out. Mm-hmm is their form of community like that's, <laughs> that's the best way to organize people is to make everyone not like you not with you and i don't know that that works so i don't know tori if you wanted to just kind of talk a little bit about our experiences with yeah the thing is that i want to keep saying the word doing life together Ew. But, Ew. but i don't i've never said just, that seriously it's reflexive it's not like because i like got it because I hate the word community. I hate doing life together, but just mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. peopling oh. around other people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, there's, I mean, there's so many, there's so many like, like triggering, like legitimately yes. triggering yes. words in, in uh, like, it's like accountability. Like, oh, oh God. God. <laughs> yeah. The A word. Yeah, no, I I mean, I think that you're right on the money. I think that like church is designed as a club. We don't see, we don't see good relationships modeled, even the like really good relationships in the Bible, (laughs) David and Jonathan are not taught as like an example of how to be in community, how to have relationships with people. 
You know, it's very much like a, you check. It's very much like you check off the things you're supposed to do. Like I was a good person this week. I like gave my tithe or whatever. And I showed up to church once or twice. And therefore I am, I don't know if they really consider themselves good people. Right. But I'm one of the good ones. Yeah. I'm maybe I'm, I will at least be counted as good. Right. Right. Exactly. But then there's like, you know, especially within evangelicalism, there is this entire like laundry list of things that you were like normal human experiences you are not permitted to have (laughs) and normal human behaviors that will get you exiled from the club. Being a woman and angry. (laughs) Oh God. Definitely don't, don't be black and a woman and angry because then Somebody's going to have to like call you into the pastor's office, talk to you about your attitude. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Um, <laughs> I feel like this is a personal this experience. This is a weirdly specific example. Of... <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it, you know, and and we were, we were told about these things, like, like accountability was preached at us, right? But it was never demonstrated. If anything, it was like coercive, right? It's, it's, you get to Starbucks at 6.30 and like, hey, did you jerk off last night? Like, it's not, it's not, it's like, it's, it's manipulative, right? Like it's emotionally manipulative. And so then what that teaches us is like, we don't understand how to have boundaries. We don't understand that we're allowed to have boundaries. And like, we just learn this performative authenticity. Or it's almost like this, um, I think it was, maybe it was, Renee Brown or yeah, you know, well, it probably was because she talks about vulnerability all the time. But mm-hmm. like almost like there's a weaponized vulnerability where you're like really vulnerable real fast. Like, but it's it's like a but you're not actually being vulnerable. You just have a couple really good like tearjerker stories, or like for some reason you're a dude in Christian spaces that's like, Yeah, I really struggle with masturbation. Like, like just throw that out there and like no one asks you any other questions. Right. Um yeah. and so it's like this weird, like yeah like vulnerable but not and and also like there's it's vulnerability without the con without understanding power or relationships like yeah yeah like we were saying it's coercive in the sense of like accountability always feels like top down or like punitive in the Mm -hmm. sense of Mm -hmm. like like i am the authority keeping you accountable not the other way around where it's like no i'm actually we are the people keeping the authority accountable. Like that doesn't Mm -hmm. happen. No, Um, no, it doesn't. And again, like the accountability piece, it's, it's policing, right? It's mm -hmm. not restoration. It's not like, how do we make this better? You're policing people's behavior. You were, I'm sure many people that are listening to this podcast right now have been like dragged in front of their entire fucking church like Mm -hmm. have to confess to a thing right like you were put on trial and right again like this doesn't this doesn't this isn't an environment where you can like build trust like it just it fosters like this environment of of fear and uncertainty and like again like not knowing that you have any autonomy because in that space you're not supposed to right it's really kind of antithetical i think to to good relationships (laughs) Yes. I, I mean, just because, 
because of the way it functions. Like, I don't even think that they're necessarily that like, there's some conspiracy of like evangelical pastors are all like, Oh, let's make sure that everybody in our church, you know, it's like really just really struggling. We want them to be terrified all the time. I think, I think that it's more just like, because the kind of, because the foundation is hierarchy because the foundation is like some people, whoever pastors, men, you know, we all know how this breaks down. Men. Don't have to be particularly accountable to anybody, right? Yeah. Especially in like Baptist, like congregational model type churches. Mm. Where there's, I mean, even like like Methodists and other like communities that have lots of structure, like mm-hmm. accountability is difficult, but not impossible. But in a congregational model, like we've talked about the Southern Baptist Convention, where they're like, well, we just didn't know they were sex offenders. They just bounced around church to church, you know, like those really loosey goosey models you can or or church planners like can just amass tons of power relative to, you know, what it is, you know, they're not ruling the world, but and no one can really do anything. Right. Right. You know, when you write the bylaws you're not on their level right so your critique is invalid and you know i i definitely i feel like i w- witnessed this rather firsthand at mars hill like you know it was like okay there's the one dude that's in charge and like it's like well who are who are you who are you accountable to i was like well i'm accountable to god it's like okay but like who else it's like um i John Piper, like it's just this nonsense. Yeah, right. Like God and John Piper. Cool. They're clearly doing a great job on you, bud. Like, yeah, and and I think that to me, something that I think is really telling is the way that they're kind of like circling the wagons culturally, and like they really don't like you're really really not want if you're in that space and you like vote for a Democrat, just as an example, like they're pretty clear at this point that you are not wanted in that space. Right. Yeah. yeah. Like there was a purity tests. Well, there was a tweet by some, I mean, some rando dude, but I mean, rando and this, he still has thousands of followers and own and is like the head of Christian organ, a Christian organization of some kind who is Mm -hmm. like every single Christian that votes Democrat should be subject to church discipline. Like sounds like you have a kink my friend yeah like, yeah there were there were a lot of like sexual like oh it's you know it's like whip me daddy you know <laughs> but like like not too far from where i grew up a man was murdered in his front yard because he voted democrat so mm-hmm. like wasn't it just because like the guy thought he'd voted democrat yeah, that he it didn't wasn't really even confirmed necessarily no i mean it's it's murky details but yeah like right. it was a guy in his 40s shot by a guy in his 20s because he thought he was a democrat like and that's like mm, i mean yeah that's that's one incident obviously the person was mentally ill but it's like they're getting that the like i should kill democrats from somewhere right no, that stuff doesn't emerge like out of a vacuum. And and the divisiveness and the just the the I don't know, just the the anger at not being top anymore. Like that's and it's it's devolved into like a caricature almost of, you know, the, like these, you know, hyper masculine alpha Christians or whatever. 
that like you, like are you are you actually real like mm. I, sometimes i'm like are you a real per is this a parody account and and so yeah i don't i don't quite understand how they're doing community how they're achieving some kind of you know how, why people are following them i don't i don't quite understand mm-hmm. that but well i mean i i think that that's just like the biological or like evolutionary like we want to belong somewhere you know and we want to frequently we want to belong with like the person who looks like the shit that they're doing the direction they're going is the mm-hmm. coolest yeah and that is you know not necessarily like the healthiest thing for you or or them yeah and and they yeah so they're gathering around all these people that are you know kind of i feel wackadoo in some ways but it was always like i remember growing up like and i remember the church being a place i enjoyed going i i wasn't one of those people that like I didn't like the church. church. I didn't like the church service. By the time I could drive, I would go to like Sunday school, or then I would just like go to with my friends to Burger Mm -hmm. King or something during the church service. So I mean, there was a lot of it. I was like, I'm not gonna fuck around with this, but but I enjoyed being with people there. Right. It was an easy, safe space for me, and not Mm -hmm. everybody had that experience, but I did. Like. And there were enough not weird people. I mean, cause there were people at our church that were like, you know, these homeschool folks that were like, I feel like a, it was like at a vacation Bible school. I remember there was like a like one of the little characters that was running around like mm. it was called like misfortune or something. And they were like, well, that's like luck. And we've told our kids that luck is is of the devil. And so we don't depend on luck. We depend on the Lord. And so we're going to need you to change that name. You know, like I, I, there were people like that in the church, but there were also enough people in our church to be like, that's stupid. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, yeah. So, you know, it was a, it was a good place. But I think as I got older and I began to realize what, what does it really look like to be close to someone? Mm-hmm. What does it really look like to have a friend and realizing that, you know, if we're only friends because we go to this place for an hour every week. And we believe the same things like that's that's going to crumble apart real fast. And maybe that's actually why we're seeing a lot of these more coercive power structures pop up. Mm. Mm -hmm. It's like, well, we're going to force you to we're going to make you feel super guilty and we're going to make you feel like you're not a man unless you show up Mm -hmm. here and like just pile on that guilt and that coercion because we're you've realized you don't need this place (laughs) any more than, than we do. So. I guess like, I mean, we could make fun of church all day, but I, I think what, how have those like bad systems of relating carried over mm-hmm. into our now non-Christian life? Yeah. Um, how do you get over them? Like, yeah, that's, I mean, it's, it's super, super fucked up. Right. Because it's like, I'm very, I'm very entertained by the fact that conservative evangelicals are so offended by cancel culture when they like practically invented it. Right? Oh yeah, for sure. And like, there is this idea of, well, you can't just get rid of somebody because they like did a wrong thing or said a wrong thing. It's like, well, have you been to your church? Because yes, you can. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you fully support that. Yeah. Right. So it's very like, it's very much like a space of like exploiting people's fears. And so you kind of come out of there sort of in survival mode, you know, mm-hmm. like, I think especially because when you're leaving those spaces, like, the, again, just from the perspective of evolutionary biology, humans are not 
wired to like enjoy being ousted from their group. Yeah. <laughs> right. Cause the people that got kicked out of the group starved to death. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there was nobody, there were no bachelor caves. Like nobody was like living on their own, like making it happen being their own doctor and seamstress and there weren't any cavemen that pulled themselves up by their bootstraps yeah, their bootstraps <laughs> yeah they're, they're they're saber-toothed tiger food that's what they are right yeah yeah totally so i like i think that it makes a lot of i think that the system makes a lot of sense from that perspective right that we're all kind of terrified of being rejected or excluded from our our group and i mean it's like the world's a scary place and I want easy answers. That also really appeals. And so leaving that space and trying to like build relationships outside of it, it can take a lot of work, right? Because we have, we have not seen, I mean, I guess I shouldn't say we, but like speaking for myself, like I haven't seen healthy relationships sort of come from that space. Like there are people for sure that like know each other and like know kind of everything about one another and like enjoy spending time together. And, you know, I'm not, I'm not disqualifying that or saying like, that's not real or that's not valid, but there still is that like underlying, okay. But if you, if you fuck up bad enough, like I'm not going to be able to spend any time with you. Like I have to cut you out of my life. I've seen, I've seen like the like small groups or whatever in churches Mm-hmm. They're like, oh, wow, they're so tight, man. They're held up, you know, so well. But then like 2016 hit and like one of them voted Democrat or something for, for Hillary. And it's like, right. well, you're now a pariah. Get out. Right. You know? Yeah. Yeah. You're you're I mean, it's like this is this is the case across all of evangelicalism. It's like your value is conditional and can be revoked at any time. Yep. Right. Like your membership in the club is conditional and we can kick you out. If you don't behave the way that we want you to behave, which is not how healthy relationships work, turns out. Yeah, it turns out. <laughs> right? Like we're we were not there wasn't any like mutual respect that was ever demonstrated for us, right? There was no like, here's how you experience conflict and then like take responsibility for your own shit. Like we were absolutely told to like take responsibility for our stuff, right. For our sin and for like the ways that we like harmed God and others. Right. But like, just because of the power dynamic in that space, the people with power were really the only people who could be harmed. And the people without power were sort of like that just like, well, that means you're the bad guy essentially. Like that means you, you were in the wrong, you were, I don't know, you were the wrong thing or whatever right this is very like victim blaming and and we just like this is just how this this works right i mean i was thinking the other day about the fact that like when i was 17 or 18 so like senior in high school one of the girls in our youth group got pregnant she was the same age as me and like our senior pastor who did not know this person like didn't know didn't know anything about her did not know her name like literally pulled her into his office and was like you need to start filling out paperwork for like adoption oh god you can't you can't you can't keep this baby like that's not good for it that's not fair and yeah yeah right so this is and this is like extremely manipulative like this is a fucking child yeah (laughs) you know you know stuff like that unfortunately was like very 
common. Yeah, just the the lack of I mean, we've said this many times, like the lack of power analysis becoming, mm-hmm. you know, like not mm-hmm. understanding that this is a child. Right. That, totally. that that at least according to you made a mistake. They probably had a great time, but like and that they're also vulnerable mm-hmm. in this moment. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's because they got to swoop in and prevent that abortion. Got to get that, you know, got to get that sugar ant out of heaven, you know, like. Right, right. So so it's in some ways I can get it, but it's like there's just not any sense of like in this moment, I cannot act this way because of the dynamics at play, you know? Right. No, there's none of that. There's none of that. Or in this context, it requires me to behave slightly differently. There's none of that. Like, or is it even my fucking role to be talking to this girl about Mm -hmm. what she needs to do with this baby? Like, Mm -hmm. is it even my place? I used to get so fucking mad at pastors that would like jump in, like do like one-on-one counseling. Like they would call it counseling. Like, no, you are not a therapist. Like, right. And I get, I also get like an underserved populations. Like sometimes you're the only, you're free. Like right. you're the only right. person someone can talk to. That's fine, but don't call it therapy. Like, right. you know? Yeah. Don't Just call it, call, I mean, call it, like, call it a conversation. Like, yeah, I would like all the time hang out with kids, but I would be like, I'm hanging out with your son like once a week. Mm-hmm. I pick him up from school on Wednesdays, like right. we hang out for an hour and he talks about how shitty you are. Like, <laughs> you know, like, like that's, that's uh-huh. fine. I, I understand that could be very therapeutic. That's good. But like the, like I'm, I'm the, I'm the therapist. I am. I'm the person that's doing this crisis pregnancy counseling, which you are not equipped to do, dude. Nope. Like you are not. Nope. Um, so, and I think that that also creates a situation where you, you don't ever know who to actually really trust with anything. Right. You're supposed to be vulnerable with anyone who has authority over you, like completely vulnerable with anybody who has authority over you. And that I mean, again, it teaches us like not to have any sort of like discernment or pay attention to like how we feel around people because certain people don't feel safe, but that is irrelevant if it's like, well, the pastor needs to talk to you. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't matter if I don't feel safe here, right? Like it doesn't matter if this is like good for me. It's like this person gets to just call random people into their office and tell them how to live their lives, which is, is really, <laughs> it's really mortifying. But like I said, there's just, there's just no like mutual respect whatsoever. Like it's always a one way street. Like it always, respect always goes in one direction. And and like this, the hierarchies are incompatible with like actual authenticity, like actually being vulnerable, like hierarchies are, incompatible with like building trust in any meaningful sense right it's like it's about power it's not about relationship yeah and and i think too for pastors coming out of it like i can speak to that like Mm -hmm. there's all that bullshit baked into you buddy like like i when i would go into a room you know i would you know i'm like my corporate job i would go into a room and i'd be like a, like subconsciously always assuming I'm the leader 
Mm -hmm. or not being happy in a space. Like I'm going to the gym or whatever. It's like, I'm not happy. I'm not fulfilled if I'm not leading this class, you know, it's like, Mm. that's weird. Like (laughs) probably ought to talk to a therapist about that. Uh But, but, but I think, you know, and there are Christians that are like, I'm not, I'm not happy unless I'm sharing my faith or I'm not happy unless I'm around other Christians. Like that's, that's another thing too. Like, because you get so insular and so like, like this is our language, this is our you know culture. I mean, it is a culture like, but it's also like if when I'm around non-Christians, it just makes me, makes me feel, makes me feel unsafe, makes me feel persecuted. Like, right. Right. I make, we make fun of the Christian persecution complex all the time, but that's also a real felt flight or flight response and a lot yeah, they of have them. no resilience in those like, spaces. None at all. So <laughs> if someone says happy holidays to you, that is that to some people that feels like an assault. Uh, right. Like, it's not, right. it's not like, but the, the, your skin, nervous system doesn't have the capacity to deal with it. Skin is so thin uh-huh. that there's just no, there's no space for difference. And the, and again, for pastors, there's no space really to be wrong. Yeah. Um, or to not be the leader or to not be the one in charge or to mm-hmm. not be the one that has the answers. And this is not how life works. Yeah. No, no, it's not. And it, you know, it's, it's interesting in, in that space that like you were talking about with this leadership idea of, you know, there's one person whose ideas have value sort of. Yeah. You know, it's like other okay, it's like if there are other people like on my level spiritually or whatever, like maybe depending on your church, maybe that that was that was valid. But like you have all of these people. I'm so this is just this is just like personal example. My kids actually have good ideas sometimes, you know, because they're people and they think about shit and they like live in the real world. So me going, okay, but like, I'm the one here with like the most lived experience. And like, I'm the one here who has to be responsible for all this stuff. So like, I don't actually care what you think, what your experience is. If you're able to process any of this at all in a healthy way, like I just get to unilaterally make the decision. And like, that's just not how we do. That's just not how I do things in my family with my Mm -hmm. kids of like unilaterally making decisions. But like, that's sort of that's what we're taught is like healthy. And when it's like, you have all of these people in this space, many of whom are going to have really good creative ideas, but you're too proud or arrogant or whatever to even hear them. Right. Because you think that God has like called you to do a thing and that thing is be in charge. (laughs) Well, and how many churches have people in them that are much better leaders than the pastor, but they just don't. They turn it off because like, well, we got to defer to this guy. And, and that's not even like, there's not all, not all pastors are bad. Not all pastors are drunk on power, but it's a system. And especially white evangelical culture is, is Mm -hmm. like, you got to really go against the grain to be, to be more democratic in your leadership style Mm. and to be more egalitarian or to be more consensus oriented. There was a church. I remember this was anyway. So I was part of a church plant once and I made a stupid assumption that it was going to be more collaborative. Uh, It was not definitely was the, the Mark Driscoll model of I have a vision Mm. and you get on my bus (laughs) and sit down, shut up and shovel my shit. 
performing gosh. that model. Oh my gosh. Uh-huh. Um, well, there was a church in town that the senior pastor had resigned very quickly or whatever. I don't remember exactly the story of why he resigned, but there were two of the pastors that were like, we want to be kind of co-leaders. We want to do like more of a collaborative leadership approach. I remember thinking that's like really cool, but it was interesting that, I mean, this is a white suburban area. And there were people that were going to them and confronting them and be like, no, we need to have a leader. Uh Like we need to have one singular person that is our God. Like we, we can't do this. And I mean, I was told that story through my, you know, senior pastor as, as like a people, people warning. Well, it was a warning, but it was also, he was saying in such a way that like people can't thrive under consensus leadership. People have to have a strong man to tell them what to do. And that man is me. It's really interesting that they're so drawn to fascism, you know? It's shocking, really. It um, is. You know, I, I, you know, you could almost say that like certain forms of Christianity for sure devolve into fascism more often mm-hmm. than not. Yeah, I mean, that's that's why they hate democracy. Like, I mean, that's I mean, that's why that's why like Christians with a straight face are saying repeal the 19th Amendment. Like, right. Like, I, uh, I mean, it's not, I, I, I really don't think it's going to happen, but it's also like that you can with a straight face and, and with the expectation that you will be heard and that people will like applaud this idea that only the man of the house should vote. Like that's, that's, uh, that's an, that's an interesting way to go about this. And, mm-hmm. and that's like, I think also just kind of on that when it comes to elections, like it's interesting that, you know, they can look at statistics and go like most, you know, most single women don't vote for us. Most, you know, college educated folks don't vote for us. And instead of asking the question of like, why don't they vote for us? Their first question is, how can we take their ability to vote away? Like, uh-huh. like there's, there's no space for self-reflection, I guess. Yeah. I, I completely, I completely agree with that. There's really no, there's, yeah, there's really no space for, again, like this idea of conflict resolution. I think it's really funny that there, again, there's a lot of this preaching about like how to have like a healthy marriage and, but there's no, it's just, it's not mutual, right? Like there's no mutuality involved mm-hmm. in so many of these spaces, like many people who end up marrying in evangelicalism do then have like a more collaborative sort of model in the, in like mm-hmm. their marriage, which I think is, you know, a net positive, but like, that's not really what's being taught, you know, no, like no, it's no. the same idea of like, you have to have like one person in charge. Otherwise people can't thrive. Yeah, we can, there's no no consensus, no right. like you know, and then it ends up like you know, if if the poor wife actually ends up running something, but they have to run it like in the negative, in the sense of like, oh, honey, what do you think? Maybe we ought mm. to do you know, like it's that that like that right. um, like make it make him think it's his idea. Yeah, like he may be the head. That's but what I was the, told. He may be the head, but you're the neck, and you you know. <laughs> Like, and it's just like, that's mm, no, no, Mm-mm. no, a certain amount of hierarchy. I accept as like, sometimes this is just the way it is or not. Everyone needs to know everything. But like when hierarchy is like your whole personality, that's, that's a problem. I mean, we've kind of, we've, we've talked a lot about like 
hey, what's wrong and how it's fucked us up. I think let's take a quick break for capitalism because, you know, nothing like talking about what's wrong and fucked up and then punting straight to <laughs> capitalism. Uh, but then I think we'll, we'll talk a little bit about patron stuff when we get back. And then maybe we can talk a little bit about how do you, how do we build our how do we build structures to mm-hmm. actually make good community? And we'll also talk about what the Bible says, because, you know, why? Why not? Why not? Because <laughs> the Bible is the manual for everything, including conflict management. So, all right, we'll see you. First Corinthians warned you about the women with a loud mouth, and this podcast is just that. Here at the Speaking in Church podcast, we talk all about the regular people and the things that regularly happen to them in the evangelical church. It's a podcast about change. It's a podcast about seeking moral high ground. And it's a podcast for people who are just trying to deconstruct on the safe side. You can listen wherever you get your podcast. And if you want to be a guest, yes, you, regular person, you can be a guest on the Speaking in Church podcast. If you want to come on, just let us know. Hey, guys. Thanks for putting up with our capitalism. We are have a couple of announcements, I think, to make regarding Patreon and hangs and, you know, fun stuff that we're doing next year and fun stuff that we've, you know, just generally have gotten the works. Justin, do you want to yes. talk to the peoples? Yeah. So we have hit our patron goal. So thank you, everybody, for making that happen. We are planning a little get together in Washington, D.C. just to hang out a bit uh, or Washington, D.C. area. I don't know. Like it doesn't have to be D.C. proper. Is that what you're saying? If we end up in Arlington, it's not like we're slumming it or something. Do you Um, do you like do you like living in a swamp? And, you know, and then we may or may not allegedly possibly could have words, have words to say over (laughs) the body of a particular now deceased Supreme Court justice. Hey, you know, maybe there'll be another dead Supreme Court justice by then. And we can also who even knows. Yeah, it's entirely possible. Yeah. So uh, stay tuned for that. We're thinking mid to late March for that. We're going to kind of just talk with some folks that we know and also get um, we'll be putting out some things around the first of the year as far as like headcount and stuff. I mean, I don't expect a ton of I mean, maybe we have a ton of people. Who knows? Yeah. If you want to come out, you can come out. Yeah. We'll we'll give you all the info and like tell you where you can sign up and all that good stuff. Yep. So so that's that's coming. Also, just kind of a programming note. We plan on putting episodes out through the rest of the year kind of looked at our schedules and we're like, Hey, I think we can make that work. So, you know, we'll have a little bit of a shooting the shit type episode before Thanksgiving and maybe another one around Christmas, uh, just to listen to on the way to a relative's house. And where someone asks you to say the prayer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I get that one a lot. You know, I, I don't get it as much now, but especially when I was a pastor, people were like, Hey, Justin pray, like you're the professional prayer. Like, uh, no, uh no thanks i'm off (laughs) i'm off the clock right now nice nice i love it normally i'd be like this is your house like you pray well so uh that's just kind of what we got in the way of announcements if you would like to join our patreon community uh patreon.com not slash yeah patreon.com slash 
go home Bible. That'll get you information about our discord, uh, which is where we do most of our discussion and stuff. Have a good time there passing memes back and forth, sharing funny stories, pictures of cats, and also talking about episodes and you know, the stuff we say. You can also, there's some merch things that we, we like, we've been talking about merch, but we actually like, like Tori and I actually talked about merch. I don't know if it can happen by Christmas, but we're looking at merch. So we are meaningfully talking about it (laughs) other than just randomly in the podcast. Like, yeah, like I want to set the expectations low so that when we deliver, you're like, oh, wow. And not be like, we are really serious about it. And then six months later, you're like, what the fuck happened to the merch? So just trying to manage expectations here but we're excited about what's going to be happening in 2023 and just the rest of the podcast i mean this um i don't think in the pandemic fever dream that this was born out of we had no idea (laughs) we would last 70 some hot episodes and that we would have so many listeners and so uh thank you so much for your support and for definitely listening and your jokes and the relationships that we've built you know kind of outside of the podcast as well it's been really cool so Yeah, Uh, definitely. And I think since we aren't sure if the Twitter ship has hit the iceberg yet, um, (laughs) I think Discord, like, that's a good place to still hang out and, like, talk to people who, you know, have very similar views. And, like, literally any tier on the Patreon, you get access to the Discord. And you can just, like, come and have a place to chat about stuff that is not run by want to be a apartheid dictator so there is that consider that (laughs) yeah so thanks everybody so when we talk about conflict management in the church you know i think the first thing i think of is you know god's manual for life the bible and it is an unimpeachable blueprint and jesus gave us everything that we ever need to know about conflict management and and everything else and everything else in the form of a little verse tucked away in matthew 18 I don't know if you knew this, Tori, but it's it's called mm. the Matthew 18 principle. Oh, my God. These people and, and just they're all like they're just all want to be capitalists. Anyway, yeah. sorry. Yeah. Uh, marketable. Um, you know, I'm sure there's maybe, you know, maybe there's been a book written about it. No. And, and it's it's interesting because it's like Jesus, but he's talking about sin in the church, but there wasn't really a church. And so, I mean, God knows if this was an insertion or not. But but I mean. And honestly, like when I when I read it, I'll just kind of read about I'll read it Um, It says if your brother or sister sins, go and point out their fault just between the two of you. And that's actually not that bad, frankly. Yeah, it's fair. If they listen to you, uh, you have won them over. But if they will not listen, uh, take one or two others along so that every matter may be established by the testimony of two or three witnesses. That sounds a little litigious to me. (laughs) Um, But I also get it. Like, you know, let's go do get your goons. Yeah. You know, but also <laughs> like, you know, maybe I think maybe today, like understanding, like maybe you need an outside perspective, like, yeah, on the conflict. Yep. Makes sense. if they refuse to listen, tell the church. And if they refuse to listen, like, like feels like a really serious escalation. Yeah, that's for, like, like the fact that Bob, you know, stole your fishing pole and, and just keeps making excuses for not giving it back. So now we're going to tell the entire church. Right. Uh, like, this is like how is this for interpersonal conflict like how is this escalation method 
worth anything at all. Yeah. And if they refuse to listen even to the church, treat them as you would a pagan or a tax collector. There it is right there. Oh, so like so like this, this is actually yeah, this was um, some retconning, I think. Of... Yeah. <laughs> Um, and cool. Then, and then here's a fun verse. What I tell you the truth: whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Again, I tell Jesus, you, Jesus, really, yeah. with the kink. Anyway, yeah. binding. Again, truly, I tell you that if two of you on earth agree about anything they ask for, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. That's false. Africa. That is not true. Not true. <laughs> uh, <laughs> For where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am with them. You know, so like, I mean, we could get into the binding and loosing. Maybe that's a different podcast, but. Oh, like, yeah. Oh, like, we have to do that. Cool. Yeah. But I, I, it's just, yeah, I think going with your brother, you know, if, if your brother or sister, I, here's an interesting thing to me, too, that I think is missing in a lot of interpersonal conflict in churches. I read if your brother or sister sins, it's like if someone of equal power to you sins against you you know uh-huh. screw something up go and point out their fault you know i've seen in so many different church settings where someone who of less power is mm-hmm. harmed by someone of greater power and mm-hmm. they're told like well matthew 18 like you need to go to that person and confront them it's like that's not how that no. works or if 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 say someone like goes to the police or goes outside of the church to report something like did mm. you go to them first? Like, well, you like, and it's almost like we're in, we're you didn't follow the proper escalation, so now you're in more trouble. For yeah, the protocol them. is yeah. more important than the people. You know, so but I see baked into this verse that this is this is more about like mutual conflict, not confronting someone of more power than you. But you know, then again, I don't know how much we can actually use this for really anything. But I mean, I, I just it's like what is. To me, it's like it, it, kind of all the way down, like what qualifies as sin? Yeah, like and this the, I think we can start dovetailing this into like what is I think good conflict mediation and accountability. Yeah, like what what qualifies like what is is this just like an interpersonal conflict? Yeah, like, yeah, okay, let's go back to Bob stealing the fishing pole. Like, what if Bob <laughs> didn't steal the fishing pole and never confesses to it and stands by his innocence and he's brought before the church? And he's like, and now everybody, yeah. Now everybody's like, you have to confess that you stole the fishing pole. He's like, I didn't. Well, now you're a pagan and tax collector. Get out, Bob. You know, like, I feel like this is a system very ripe for abuse. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it's like, even if it's like, uh, you know, even if it comes out at some point, it's like, oh, it wasn't, it wasn't Bob. Never mind. Like, now everybody doesn't, everybody thinks that Bob is untrustworthy. Yeah. Regardless, right? He's sort of like a social pariah in a sense, because again, this is just, this is like an absurd amount of escalation for like when sin isn't even defined. I think this is really ridiculous. It just says Um, sins. It's, yeah, it's translated literally sins against you. So, so like me, so like me having, me having a trans kid is a sin against me so i need to like go to my kid and tell them that they're not trans and then if that doesn't work then i need to like get some people from church to like tell them that they're not trans right like this is this is this is obscene but that's that's what they do that's literally what they do yeah and and then they end up kicking their poor kid out of their house 
And they're being biblical about it. Because I mean, that's the oh permission structure. Like I'm uh-huh. in the right kicking my kid out. Like, yeah, because we brought him before the church and they, you know, so we're, they're now a pagan and a tax collector. Or I'm going to treat I ne- them. Like, I, like, I never, I never noticed that. I'm like, oh, you're, you're being anti-Semitic in the text. Okay, cool. Yeah. Rip. That tracks. So yeah, it's, it's just, it's not, it's not good, but I, I do think there is certainly uh, a certain amount of wisdom of being like, Hey, if someone like fucks up, like you need to go to that person like that. I, yeah. I can, I can get with that. Yeah. You know, I think that, I think generally that is true. Like you said, kind of like accounting for power disparities. And I think that there are also cases in which like you shouldn't have to go confront that person by yourself right and that shouldn't be the that doesn't always have to be step one like Mm -hmm. especially in situations of like assault or Mm -hmm. you know or even if just like you know like that's no don't go by yourself that's ridiculous yeah but that's a way to convince someone to never go like you're sinning Mm -hmm. if you don't go by yourself to them Mm -hmm. that's never gonna happen and also i think too the it doesn't actually leave space for conflict to just not be resolved. I could have, I, I, you know, like I could have an issue with my friend and we just don't see eye to eye on it. Right. And, and nothing is lost, you know, I mean, and maybe our relationship breaks. I mean, that's, I mean, that happens in marriages that happens in friendships that happens in professional relationships, you know, where like we don't see eye to eye and it breaks, but like that's, that doesn't mean that's bad like mm, yeah like like it seems like baked into this text and the assumption is like we essentially go through conflict mediation until the conflict is eradicated and if we can't get it eradicated someone has to be kicked out <laughs> someone's gonna die someone has to like you know like, like someone has to be kicked out of the group yeah, yeah which like this is i don't i don't to me that like this doesn't super track with what a lot of other stuff that jesus said to be honest no it doesn't <laughs> like it's like just go just keep going up up and up and up and up and up like and it's like this is yeah like you said it's just a system that can so easily be abused and it can so easily be abused by the person who is like doing the abusing, right? Like mm-hmm. I'm the innocent party here. I'm taking somebody like to task for a thing that I don't think that they should be doing just because I feel a way about it, right? It's like, oh, God, God gave me a word for you. You're not supposed to be doing X, Y, or Z. It's like, mm-hmm. why is God talking to you? Yeah. You don't even like me. Yeah. Like, I'm pretty <laughs> sure God would tell me before he, he told you. Before he told you. Or maybe he wouldn't, based on how he how he was just, like, kind of dragging Moses all over the backside of the desert for no goddamn reason. Yeah. So, who knows? So, so I think I think we have to find ways to... Because, I mean, again, like, this is... You, you don't escape this unscathed. And I think we have to find ways to, like, even just be sit, sitting in the discomfort of not agreeing with somebody that you Mm -hmm. are in relationship with to me that's like we have to always agree like they're just like the certain Mm -hmm. like like or if someone disagrees with like i mean even random folks on the internet like that like oh they disagree with me like i mean it's like it's like some chud i don't care but it's like right i like kind of like this person and they disagree with me like how Mm -hmm. can i like like and 
it's it's like a third or fourth thought it's not the first thought like oh we can still be like just friends and not agree not agree on a thing Um, yeah but i think that i think that like that escalation in your head how that's where that starts of like oh my god we don't agree on something is because of bullshit like this yeah oh sure yeah right that we automatically like go to worst case scenario i'm sure nobody listening to this podcast has any sort of like mental compulsion to like what is the worst thing that's going to happen that's probably what's going to happen right Mm -hmm. because like because you start with hell (laughs) you're not going anywhere good right it's like you're you're just yeah so god hates to love you so much he's going to send you to hell like that's the starting point for a lot of us (laughs) like you are just such a goddamn burden yeah why are you even here but he he murdered an innocent just so he could be with you, like because you know that's that's what the good guy does. That's yeah. Are we the baddies? God is a cop. All relationships have conflict, or you're not communicating. Mm-hmm. So yeah. there's also that right, like that that is actually really interesting because I'm like of course thinking back to like all of the little clicks in junior high in the youth group and whatever and like how all these people are still friends. I'm like, well, that kind of seems like it doesn't really track with all of these things that I know to be true because like having been in therapy, mm-hmm. but like you actually have to be honestly communicating with people in order to have conflict, you know? And I think that like that kind of honesty is actually very looked down upon in church. Mm-hmm. Like you're supposed to just keep that shit to yourself, you know? Or it's like, well, I like, I do legitimately feel hurt by this person. It's like, well, forgive them, mm-hmm. you know? That's what you do. Yep. You just you just forgive and keep it going. Keep it moving. Just as if it never happened. <laughs> right. Which is just like you're not actually building anything there. Like you're not actually like building trust. You're not building your own personal resilience or tolerance for like that sort of for conflict and discomfort, which I get it. It's terrifying. I have like so much fucking ego involved and like. Mm-hmm admitting like that I'm wrong about a thing like I don't I don't like being wrong because like I grew up in church and it was like it was it was almost possible to be right all Um, the time yeah I mean and and the times I don't mind being wrong is when I can convince you that you were more wrong like (laughs) I may have been wrong you're right I was wrong but here's how you were much more wrong you know what's incredible too that I'm thinking about it is like I have no problem that I am at I have no problem admitting that I am wrong when I am wrong if it is a person that I have no emotional investment in. Also true. Like like it's like if I love you and you're telling me that I'm wrong and I know that you're wrong, like I don't want to admit that. If you are just some random person is like, oh yeah, you don't have all the information here. It's like, oh, thank you for telling me. Yeah, that's weird. Like, because we like we've I mean, we have, you know, almost 100 hours worth of content out. Right. And some of it we've been inebriated for. And so we've been called out on stuff before by random strangers on the Internet. Totally. Yes. And most of the time I have no like ego defense reaction. It's like Uh usually like like, oh, wow, I'm so sorry. I didn't realize that. Like, Uh uh-huh. and it's not it's not even fake. It's like, oh, wow. No, like, it's real. Like, I, I actually legitimately like, wasn't trying to hurt you. Like and but like impact versus intention. Right. Like, thank you for telling me so that I don't do this again. 
but someone I'm close to and I love said the exact same thing. Like, hey, you when you said that you hurt me, like the fuck I did. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like how did you not know I was going to say that already? Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, you should have just known that that's what I thought about you. OK, yeah, <laughs> I don't know. So, it's, yeah, I think that that's like that's that's what I'm working on in therapy this week. You guys. <laughs> like, so yeah okay i'm like just acknowledging the fact that i'm like i haven't i have a lot of ego involved if i am actually like emotionally invested in somebody and so mm-hmm. that those are the spaces where it's really really hard to be like oh i yeah okay i fucked i fucked that up or i was just I, yeah i was just wrong about that i just didn't have sufficient information like all of those things somehow like feel like they have the potential for for conflict, even if it's just somebody stating a fact, yeah. right? Even if I was like legitimately wrong and somebody just like states a fact about like, oh yeah, like, no, that's not how that happened. That's not how that goes. It's, I still have this kind of like, uh, like turtle in shell <laughs> moment. Mm-hmm. Like, don't, don't talk to me. I have to like process this on my own before I can admit that. Like... Yeah. And, and, and this, the, what's sad to me, like just personally is like a lot of this interpersonal conflict stuff that we have to wrestle through in our late thirties, forties uh-huh. is like, I think stuff that like probably normal 18 to 25 year olds had to deal with or, or didn't like, I mean, there are, there are people that weren't evangelical that are just as emotionally stunted for different reasons. Oh. <laughs> um, uh-huh. But it's, I think it's, it's is one of those things like that this this culture really did a number on so many of us mm-hmm. and our ability to handle difference mm-hmm. uh, and even those of us that are like enlightened deconstructed people that have like gotten out like we're still like oh please like me <laughs> mm-hmm. and oh, oh I, I, sure and and what we do is then we like we lose our boundaries and it's it's funny to me there was a meme going around I, i'm gonna butcher it but it's it's someone said something like, it's really cute. All these like soft-spoken girls that are in their quote unquote villain phase. And it's really just them having basic boundaries. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> yeah. That was a good one. Like, yeah, like that's, but it feels like a villain phase. Because you, know, like, you were taught to have no boundaries. Yeah. Like, like, especially if you were socialized female in church, but like mm-hmm. across the board, if you were socialized female, you were taught yeah. to have no boundaries. And even like, and even as, as a man in the church, like having, having boundaries around like what I'm willing to tolerate in a relationship, what I'm willing to oh, yeah. put up with, like what I'm willing to be like, I'm not arguing with anymore. Sorry. Like, mm-hmm. or, or you don't have permission to talk to me like that. Like, mm-hmm. bye. Like, what are you a pussy? Like, no, I just don't feel like being talked to like that. Mm-hmm. And so I'm leaving. Right. Like, <laughs> Yeah. Like you can't leave. Like, yeah, I fuck I can. Like watch me. Watch me. Don't no time or energy for any of this. Yeah, that's true. That's true. And like, yeah. So I think I think when like you're you're taught, I think, and this just isn't helpful. Like, you know, you stick around and you fight, you fight it out like a man or something like that. It's like I don't have to. Like my manhood's not wrapped up in this dick waving contest. Right. This isn't reflective of my value. No. So now that I realize that, like, I don't, I just want to fight, like get Mm -hmm. get in a theological debate. I'll lose probably. I also don't give a fuck. I don't give a fuck. Like, you want me to say you have a bigger dick than me? You have a bigger dick than me. Like, are you happy now? Like, right. So it's just, it's, it's, but it's like that, that, that took a lot of work 
Like, cause I remember like going to these stupid ass men's retreats and staying up till 4am debating theology or something. And I'm like, Oh my God. Wasted time. You know, I could have been sleeping. I could have been sleeping. I could have found a quiet place to masturbate. Like anything. <laughs> there were any, so many choices. So many choices I could have done. And, and I did this like, so like, it, I think it just, it takes so much, it takes so much work to, mm-hmm. to realize my worth is not tied up in winning something because, because we've been, we were all socialized. Your worth is tied up in winning the entire world for Jesus. Mm-hmm. Like that is, that is the purpose of your life. That is, you know, you exist to evangelize. You right. Know, yeah. To sell the brand. And like, like that's, that's, that's a mind fuck. And, and I, and I've become, it's, it's funny because I, I've realized that I become a lot closer to people, I think more quickly now in some ways. And it's, and it's not trauma bonding. <laughs> I mean, some of it maybe, hmm. but, but it's also like, I feel like because I can actually be vulnerable with somebody as opposed to the like foe, like, are you really my friend kind of thing? I feel a lot more free to jump in when I when I feel like when I'm like, oh, this this works. We're vibing like mm-hmm. let's be friends versus the like, I don't know, the weird friend dating that you do like in Christian circles. Like, are you? Are you, are you? Mm, yeah. Let me, let me yeah. Measure your theology here before we before we really commit. Yeah, I don't I just I find it to be so refreshing to be with people that just don't do that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And like one thing that I've been trying to do recently is like, I, I like, I do still have, I guess like connections too. I, I'm still in touch with like a lot of people from my church who have also left now. And so, you know, trying to be like a little bit more intentional about investing in those relationships Um, because it's like, we're, you know, we're out and we're in therapy and we're still like trying to process all of this. And like, what, what does this even, like, what does any of this even mean? Like, how do you make sense of, of having like this huge chunk of your life just like sold off (laughs) to some evangelistic cause without your consent? And yeah, it's, it's really, really interesting because I found that, like the conversations that we have, like we definitely, like we had good conversations, you know, when we were like 18, 19, 20, 22, 23, like we were having really good conversations back then. Right. We were really close. Like it wasn't, Mm -hmm. it wasn't an accident that said, it's like, it's weird that you, when you're not afraid to be fully yourself. Yeah. It's like, it's a lot easier to be vulnerable, you know? Because it's like, oh, I'm not going to get, you're not going to kick me out of your house if I tell you that I'm like, I don't know what my gender is. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, and that's, that's, that's different. Like if you had to choose between like a relationship where you're allowed to be yourself and not just allowed, but like affirmed as like who you fully are versus like a relationship where it's very conditional right? Like you can be in this space, but like at any moment, if I feel like you're not honoring God, like I can kick you out and that's valid. Like if you had to choose between those two things, like which, which would you choose? Yeah. Like, 
no one would choose that. Like even you describing right. that, I'm like, I'm trying to think of any like corollary, but it's like a toxic workplace, maybe like, mm. like, oh, you fuck up, you're gone. Mm. Like, mm-hmm. like, yeah. I don't know that I'd want to work even at a place right. that was like that. Like, totally. Like my, my job now is not like that. Like, so it's like, what? Why, yeah why and it's I... not even like it's not even like oh i need the money right like with church it's it's like i'm paying you to be here yeah and it's also really fucking toxic and like for people you know if if like if somebody was trying to have a conversation with me about this and it's like well you, you people just call everything toxic it's like okay well there's no mutual respect like we can use like actual language if that's what you want to do right like it's, it's like everything's abuse to you it's like okay well but nobody's like all the respect goes one direction like yeah people are not going to be happy about that i don't know if you know this but like people have been around for a minute at this point and like we tend to have many many things in common uh one of them is not loving it when people don't treat us as human beings and like for people you know if if like if somebody was trying to have a conversation with me about this and it's like well you, you people just call everything toxic it's like okay well there's no mutual respect like we can use like actual language if that's yeah. what you want to do yeah. right like it's, I, yeah. it's like everything's abuse too. to you it's like okay well but nobody's like res- all the respect goes one direction like yeah people are not going to be happy about that i don't know if you know this but like people have been around for a minute at this point and like we tend to have many, many things in common. Uh, one of them is not loving it when people don't treat us as human beings. Shocking. I know. Shocking. Yeah. And and you did bring up a, a good thing too. Like, it's not like there weren't good times. Mm-hmm. Like, and that's, and that's why I, I, but it's like, it's the good times are in spite of the environment, not because of it. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, you're taught like, Oh, you're having these good times because of this environment. It's like, no, actually like Mm. humans getting together and having a, you know, and talking typically will be a good time regardless of the weird environment it's in, Uh, (laughs) you know? And, and so we have to like, it's, uh, I don't like when we say like all church is bad or all of that was, was garbage. Like, no, Mm -hmm. it wasn't all garbage. Like some of it was good, but I also realize how it is made me unable to have really authentic relationships inside or outside of that because of the, because of the lack of respect, because of the lack of mutuality, because of the conditional relationships, you know, I can, yeah, again, I can, I can not say the word toxic if that's the problem. Right. Totally. Um, I say we say that to prevent us from having to say that like entire long sentence every single time because it's a toxic environment and and it and it's it there's toxic masculinity in there there's there's toxic femininity Uh in there too like oh my god truly you know and and again saying something's toxic doesn't mean masculinity is toxic or femininity is toxic it's like there are forms of them that are toxic just like there is good food and there is poisoned food, like, <laughs> you know, like because I call poisoned food poison. That doesn't mean I think all food is poison. Like, right. I'm not saying don't ever eat again. Like, I'm saying don't have that dish. And honestly, I think no one is that stupid. I think it's just a commitment to misunderstanding. The yeah, conversation. that's a good point. It's, it's not. I don't think anyone's actually that stupid. But yeah, I, I do want to talk a little bit, though, about accountability, because 
like <laughs> that gets talked the about A-word. a lot well because like there's there's christian accountability and then there's you know christian accountability we've already kind of made fun of that's stupid i don't like that <laughs> but like how do we do accountability now mm-hmm. yeah because um, well and i may get i may get canceled for this but i'm just gonna say it like not that canceling is real sometimes i think that we we get out of these spaces and we realize like oh i can hold people in power accountable like i feel like maybe we flex that muscle a little too hard sometimes you know like because mm-hmm. we're not used to using it same with anger like i think That's there's a literally lot of, what, yep yep it, absolutely like, you know i'm angry at the church and you should be you have every right to be but you have a three-year-old's understanding of anger and that's not your fault. Right. You know? Like that's yeah. not, that's not your fault. It's just adjusted for inflation. You've experienced, you've expressed very little of your anger ever yes. in your life. If you were raised in that environment. So yeah, it's yeah. You're going to feel real salty for a while. That's normal. Yeah. Totally normal. But the way you're doing it is like, probably not good um probably not yeah um, and i think sometimes accountability is that way too and that's not to say we shouldn't hold people accountable like we'll get to that but i think i think sometimes when it's like oh so and so is doing something toxic let's hold them accountable it's like Hmm. is it were they doing that like do they you know sometimes i feel like it's like an accountability pokemon like oh can i can i hold someone accountable for ageism can I hold someone accountable for ableism? You know, can I hold, you know, it's like, it, that's kind of sometimes how it can feel like uh-huh. I want to hold someone accountable for everything today. And that will make me feel good. And that's like, mm, eh, eh, I don't like that. Not that we shouldn't mm-hmm. hold people accountable for those things when they exist, but it's almost like the radar is so tuned. Cause you're like, I just realized racism exists. Right. Like mm-hmm. I'm going to hold everyone accountable for racism. Like, okay. I love your heart. Right. Um, <laughs> Your heart's in the right spot. We it'd be nice if we had more people like you, but there are ways to do this that will actually produce the result that you're looking for. Mm-hmm. I guess is what I'm mm-hmm. getting at. Yeah, yeah. And and we're not into breeding more cops. Like that's that's another like you know we in evangelicalism you're taught to be a cop. Like yes, you're the yes. world's cop, and so we we don't need more cops. We need a lot more restorative, restorative justice, restorative accountability, a generative, yeah. I'll say generative accountability. Like this generates something good. It's not just mm-hmm. like, well, they deactivated their account, racism <laughs> gone. Like, uh... not, not quite. Nope. Uh, that's no, I love, I love that you, I love that you said that. And I think that it's such a good point. I feel like as I'm like getting older i'm like oh yeah like time is going by so much faster like i I remember when i was like seven eight nine years old it was a year was like a fucking lifetime mm-hmm. now i'm like how is it november yeah <laughs> you I know blinked. every year every single year how is it november <laughs> <laughs> and so yeah like we have all of these like really we have all these like really big feelings that we've suppressed for a really really long time and so we're for the most part, not where we should be in terms of like emotional maturity because we were not allowed to experience emotions. Yeah. Uh, we weren't allowed to express emotions. So they all stayed inside, which is then means you've got to dig mm-hmm. all this shit out. I was talking, it was like, again, I was talking to a therapist about this. It's like a whole, a whole thing of like, I feel like every time I like, every time I dig 
every time I like find something, like dig something up, I'm like, oh, this is why I'm behaving this way. Like, that's not okay. Like, let me correct that. Let me go back, apologize, make restitution. Like, what does repair look like in this situation? Yeah. And then it's like, I go and I do that thing and I'm like, phew. And then immediately like something else comes up. Yeah. You know? And I'm just like, this is, I am like in the fucking, I'm in the middle of like a fucking tsunami right now. Like I feel like I'm dying. It feels like this is never going to end. Mm -hmm. That I'm just constantly going to be digging shit up and apologizing. Right. And then Mm -hmm. it's like, there's all this like shame shit because it's like, I'm now apologizing to people that I actually care about and I'm invested in. So I don't want to apologize. I just want to be fine. Like, let's just let it go. That doesn't work. I found out. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Yeah. So like learning to own your own stuff. Like we are so far behind. Yeah. And like being accountable for our own shit. But I think that one of one of the marks of, I, I don't know, maturity or whatever, however you want to put it, or just like being a decent person is like also taking into account like someone else's lived experience if that makes sense. Right. So like, like you were talking about Justin, we, we see people on, I I used to be this person for sure. Like we see people online, like lashing out everywhere. Right. Because it's like, dude, racism is so fucked up. How are you like, yeah. why are you being like this? It's like, yes, that that's true. And also like, yeah, like you said, there are ways to communicate this that actually work. At the same time for me, I'm like, okay, so my kids don't have that much experience. So I give them like some space and some grace to grow and like guidance, mm-hmm. right? I'm not policing them. <laughs> I'm just like, here's some, here's some reasonable boundaries, right? Cause I just want you to stay alive and like not have all of your teeth fall out. Yeah. Um, so I, I, and I think that I, I really try to do that. Like when I see people deconstructing and it's like, they kind of go into this, like this angry self-righteous yeah. like phase. It's like, okay, just, you know, and somebody will come and be like, what the fuck is going on with that person? And it's like, just, They're like, going just, through a just, thing. Yeah, exactly. Like, give yeah. them some space. It's fine. Like, they will work through it, hopefully. And if not, like, maybe some of us can, like, come along and coach them on something, right? If this continues to, like, be an ongoing problem. Yeah. But, like, yeah, you're allowed to experience your own emotions for the first time in your life. Like, you're gonna you're gonna be messy as fuck. Yeah. Like, I see people. I see it. I see people. I have friends personally. I see it on Twitter. I see it on Facebook. Like, or yeah, like the and I I did it too, like the angry totally. tirade, you know, whatever. Totally. And like, there's many times I'm like, oh, like, or or I'll see folks go after other people, like about. I mean, it feels like petty shit. Like, hmm. I'm trying to think of an example without pointing someone out in particular, but yeah, just like hounding someone over some petty shit that you're like, I'm mm-hmm. like, buddy, like, I get that you're mad, like, I get it, like. Mm-hmm. You just gotta let this go like you know i mean i yeah. i pound people for petty shit too i do it more for fun now like right. when, when some <laughs> like this christian is just Nash- entertainment when some christian nationalist posts bullshit like i'm like sometimes i feel the need to be like just to mock them totally but that's just my own personal character flaw yeah it, it's i think giving us space and i think if we're going to create healthy community spaces i think there is creating an accountable space to be like okay creating the space for a sorry backing up a second creating the space to let people have that anger let people have mm-hmm. that moment but also understanding that like we're, we're not going to hound each other we're not 
we're not going to do that evangelical thing where we're ready to cancel each other at a moment's notice. Mm-hmm. And I and say cancel just because it's shorthand. Um, right, right. Yeah. Like exactly. Aggressive accountability, you know, like, and I, I do think that's when you're like, hey, if you do notice someone saying something problematic, maybe approach them privately first. Like the DMs mm-hmm. are usually open, like mm-hmm. before you do the like screenshotted thesis on why they're problematic. Like that's, it's not a way to make friends. That's for sure. And like, honestly, we're all problematic on something because none of us have like universal lived experience. Exactly. So we're all going to be fucking up. And like the sooner you can own that, the easier it is to like bring yourself back down. I think when you you get riled up, Yes. Like I also have shit that I'm like way off base on, you know, and I'm grateful that people for years have taken the time and energy to like DM me and email me and be like, yeah, you said this thing that wasn't that wasn't right. Or like, this was really hurtful. Like, maybe you don't say that again, mm-hmm. you know, and I like I appreciate those people, as we said, yeah, I genuinely appreciate it. And and I think having that posture is so important, too, because or that posture of understanding that like. I also am problematic <laughs> in ways mm-hmm. I don't know. I think that is so healthy as opposed to the like, I don't know if it's an evangelical posture, but I think maybe it's a American posture. I don't know, but like the posture of like, I'm good. I know mm-hmm. that I'm good. Mm-hmm. I would never say anything problematic. Like, you know, that's not who I am. Like, right. man, that is a nice value to have. Like that's, you know, like, but mm-hmm. I also think that that's a guarantee that you will eventually be super problematic, mm. you know, and like, be unwilling to listen to anyone who comes to exactly you. like, cause someone, but you can't, no, I'm not problematic. Like I'm good. I'm, I'm, I am good. Therefore you're the one right. that's wrong. Right. Like you're just not seeing it right. Mm-hmm. You know, or here's why I hurt you. Like I've, I've, I've heard that one before. Mm. Like, Oh, that mm-hmm. hurt you. Well, here's why I did that. Like, excuse me excuse me (laughs) here's why you deserved that and and so i I think that is such an important posture to have in every space to be like i very well could be the problematic one here i very Mm -hmm. well could be the one that sees this wrong i probably am seeing it wrong on some levels and Mm. or i probably i probably am fucked up on many levels you know like and that's and i think that that's okay because mm-hmm. that's admitting you're human and you have a limited perspective and you don't have like some direct line to God. That's like this cheat sheet in life. But when you're, when you're told for decades that you do. Yeah. In fact, have the cheat sheet. It's a little hard to get that out of your system. Like you have to be kind of intentional about that. Yeah, that's true. Like clearing that shit out. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Because again, like when I was freshly liberal mm-hmm. and freshly out of the church, I was like, I, you know, I did this because God told me to, you know, like I said some problematic white liberal things. Absolutely. I probably still say, totally. you know, like I, I absolutely <laughs> did that. So ex- excavate my Twitter account. You can probably find them, but it it's, that's part of evolution. And I think that's, that's where I, I want to caution about the kind of aggressive accountability in the sense of like if someone's just saying something weird it's not necessarily hurting somebody mm-hmm. like they're probably just growing and also you can always be like hey what did you mean by this 
Mm-hmm. You don't have to immediately go into like attack mode. Like I think mm-hmm. that one of the most important things that you can learn as you're like leaving that space is because we were so everything was binary. Everything was good, bad, black, white. And mm-hmm. just like putting a pause on like your immediate leap to judgment and being curious is mm-hmm. hugely helpful in like not being that guy on the internet or that guy yeah. in the friend group, you know? Yeah. yeah. And also, yeah, we have to realize that because, you know, this is the pandemic, it's distance, it's social media, like we're all fucking traumatized. We're all fucking traumatized. And also like posts are such a low fidelity view of someone's intent anyway. And character. And character. <laughs> And what they meant, like, totally, probably what you're reading says more about you than them. Mm-hmm. And again, if you're offended or bothered by it or think it's racist or problematic, like that doesn't mean like, oh, that's your fault. Just deal with it. But it's also mm-hmm. like we, we have to understand that. And and in space yeah. with people, even when we're talking with someone mm-hmm. like you're you, the fidelity of your view of their actual intent and who they are is, is probably pretty low unless you're curious. And we were aggressively taught to not be curious about anyone or anything but God. Yeah, not ourselves, even. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm just like, nope, it's just it's just Jesus. So I don't know if you do you have anything more to say on the on this front. I feel like well, we could talk about it for a long time. I'm we sure probably we... yeah, we could. <laughs> for sure. Um I got through all my notes. Oh good. Uh <laughs> I guess that's maybe what I should have asked. Did we cover everything? Did we cover? Did we get through all of your notes, story? Because yeah. I'm like totally will take pages of notes and just record a podcast. You know, I mean, that's at least you come with I'm, something. I'm a fucking nerd. <laughs> no, no, it's it's wonderful. Like, because I, I this is an important conversation. I think mm-hmm. to have in this space, and especially as we're we are, you know, I mean, Twitter. Not everybody's on Twitter, but there is a lot of reorganization going on and how we mm-hmm. arrange, you know, at least dis- long distance space with each other. Mm-hmm. The pandemic yeah. rearranged how we do in personal space with each other, you know? And, and so I think this is a good time to start evaluating like how, how, how has my experience in evangelicalism impacted the way I see people? Um, and do I want to keep living with that or not? I think those, those are good questions to ask. So Thank you, everybody, for taking the time to listen. And and hopefully, you know, if you listen to this before heading into the community that is your family on Thanksgiving, <laughs> uh, remember to be curious. Uh, but if you're really just looking for something to do, you can go to patreon.com slash go home Bible and you can sign up to be a patron or you can while it exists, you can catch us on Twitter at go home Bible or Instagram, uh, which Instagram seems to be more stable these days. So that may be where we must start migrating more content. But uh, yeah, please give us a five star review on all the things. Hope you have a wonderful week and we'll see you. We'll see you next time.
First Corinthians warned you about the women with a loud mouth, and this podcast is just that. Here at the Speaking in Church podcast, we talk all about the regular people and the things that regularly happen to them in the evangelical church. It's a podcast about change, it's a podcast about seeking moral high ground, and it's a podcast for people who are just trying to deconstruct on the safe side. You can listen wherever you get your podcasts, and if you want to be a guest, yes, you, regular person, you can be a guest on the Speaking in Church podcast. If you want to come on, just let us know.